are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Looking forward to today's uh, discussion as well. I think, um, uh, I guess one of the things I like about what we're going to be talking about today in some ways is like, we're talking about the thing that every marketer or a lot of marketers think that they want. And then we're talking to somebody who has already gotten it and then <laughs> trying to figure out kind of now the now what. So I, I kind of, I, I don't know. I kind of like those kind of before and after moments when like, you know, most of the marketers out there are still sitting there kind of in the before bucket. Um, yeah, trying to figure out how to get to where we are. Yeah, case. so it's, so it's nice to, when somebody can kind of illuminate what's on the other side of that. Like weight loss photos, right? The before and after. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so since our guest uh, is already chatting, we should at least have the common courtesy to introduce. Him. We should introduce. We should introduce Brian. Yeah. No. It, what is this? Our first podcast or the two hundred fortieth? I don't know. Um, so joining us sometimes today. I, sometimes it's hard to tell. It really is. It really is. So joining us today is Brian Critchfield. Brian is the VP of Global Marketing with Airgain. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Brian. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Um, why don't you tell our guests a little bit about yourself and uh, what Airgain does? Sure. Yeah. So Brian Critchfield, I've been, uh, I've actually been in marketing, I think, 30 years. I don't feel that old, but I think it's getting there. Uh, been in digital for a big chunk of that time. Um, uh, for those of us who are, are old enough, remember the Alta Vista days when we were playing around with keywords to end up at the top of the list on Alta Vista. This is, uh, you know, way back in the day. So I've been, uh, been involved in digital since then. I've started a, a few of my own agencies, uh, too, as well. Um, worked with lots of different companies, um, have, uh, actually, uh, taught at the university level to teach marketing and strategy. Uh, and leadership uh, at several different universities. I've, I've written curriculum along those lines too as well. Uh, I've written the digital marketing certificate for a major university. Um, so I, I've kind of dipped my toe, I guess, in a, in a few different areas and uh, passionate about marketing. Um, and, uh, you know, have, have, as, as most Gen Xers have ridden the, uh, the wave of digital and uh, learned how to apply, I guess, more of your, your classic uh, marketing principles to to a digital environment. As far as Airgain goes, we're uh, a wireless solutions manufacturer. We uh, kind of got our start in components uh, and then have recently, within the last few years, started to evolve into developing full off-the-shelf wireless systems. And really, our focus is on simplifying wireless. So there's a lot of black magic and difficulty in, in wireless connectivity. A lot of um, even, you know, engineers don't don't quite understand all that goes into it. Um, we, we build products and services that really simplify that whole process and make it easy to get connected. And, um, you know, we, we, we focus on uh, the Internet of Things or IoT. Uh, we focus on uh, automotive, consumer, enterprise. There's a lot of different markets that we, we kind of specialize in. But uh, ultimately, it comes down to that. We simplify wireless. I really like that you brought up both the notion of being a Gen Xer as well as having crafted curriculum in a university setting because i find it's the one thing that enables me to stay ahead of my kids when it yes. comes to technology <laughs> no i still understand it better than you for a while exactly and i i have that same relationship with my kids it's funny 
you know, most people like, I got to get my kids to show me the settings on my phone or something. And having grown up with it and grown up in a digital environment, it's the opposite. And, and, and the great thing about that is your kids can't pull one over on you too. So, you know, there's this, this new social media platform. No, 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 no. I know all about that. And and no, no, you can't have that. We've already looked at the ROI of that one and TikTok is just not going to take off. Exactly. Yeah. It's a waste of your time. <laughs> While that may be true, apparently look, I was wrong. Yeah. Look, kid, if you're going to build a profile, we need to be able to monetize this down the road. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's funny too. I literally have my nine-year-old coming to me wanting to start a YouTube channel, and I'm having to have those discussions with him about, okay, what's your focus? What do you? What type of content are you going to produce? And and I'm going, oh, you know, this conversation with my nine-year-old, I would have never thought about that. I was, you know, still eating dirt at nine. So there you go. <laughs> I, 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 look, uh, you folks both have children and I do not. So uh, um, uh, I'm not going to be able to contribute to this conversation a whole lot. But I guess my gut instinct of it all is that as a Gen Xer, we kind of in some way needed to know or figure out how the technology worked or there was a level of needing to know what was happening under the hood. Yes. Uh, whereas I, th- I feel like today's technology has removed a lot of, uh, of that requirement. And therefore uh, people are just, they're just technology, they're tech enabled without having to understand the underpinnings, if you will. Does that make sense? No, I think that's a great way to put it. I mean, we, we kind of grew up with it. We saw the evolution happen before our eyes and we know where the foundation, how it's built, whereas a lot of a lot of the kids today benefit from it, but don't really know where the foundation came from. And, you know, I remember taking classes in basic as a sophomore in high school and and programming in basic and just kind of fell in love with computers back then. And oftentimes when I talk about my focus in digital and how most of my career has been there for me, I have a passion for a few different things. But you know, computers and technology is one of those. Marketing is one of those. Content is one of those. And they really all converge in this digital marketing space today. And so for me, it was kind of the perfect fit. Um, and, and not only that, but I'm also a big believer in just kind of uh, in positioning and, and, and honest and, and, and transparent marketing. Uh, I remember taking classes in, in school going, oh, so my job in marketing is to lie to people. That's what you're telling me, right? And today with so many technology tools that we have, it really is all about transparency. It's really all about de- delivering value and what we used to call back in the day value-added marketing. You're reminding me of an old ad guy I used to work with. He's like, look, we don't have to tell the truth here. It's not PR. <laughs> <laughs> but look, uh, there's plenty of PR people that would disagree with that. Statement. Of course, of course. Uh, but look, I, I do want to kind of... Uh, uh, kind of zero in a little bit on, on something that you've been able to help Airgain with, which is you know, dramatically enhancing their their lead flow. Um, uh, you're welcome to give the numbers if you like. I won't disclose those. Uh, I'll just simply say, and when I've looked at the numbers, we're talking about a you know an, a, like a, a 11x uh, kind of 12x increase in, in in the kind of lead flow that that organization's experiencing yeah and, uh, oh go ahead finish your question sorry well and i was just saying anytime you do that i mean that's just a 
that's that, that's not even the same sport. We're comparing apples and oranges here, aren't we? I mean, it's a, it's got to really change the entire marketing and sales environment when you twelve x a lead flow like that. Yeah, and, and that's you know, the, I, I guess therein lies the challenge. It's the old it's the old adage: careful what you wish for, right? <laughs> and and I think that's that's what we've run into as an organization. So I, I joined Airgain. Really didn't have much of an, a marketing effort before I joined. We um, you, you know, it, it, our, our core business going back 20 years was was custom antenna design. And so we would work with these major companies, Comcast, Charter, DirecTV, and we would custom design the antenna systems within their devices. And, and so we had maybe 25 customers and, and marketing wasn't a focus back then. We made a couple of acquisitions that really, uh, you know, put a focus more on it. And so when I joined, it was they were saying, OK, we need more leads. And I said, I can drive more leads, but we have a whole bunch of other problems we've got to solve too as well um so the focus was on leads and 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 again as you mentioned it's 11 12x within a matter of a couple of quarters that we started driving and, and the analogy that that i use is you know you, you you're driving a bunch of traffic over a rickety old bridge and so now it's our, our time to kind of back up a little bit and try and fix that rickety old bridge while traffic is going across right and mm. so, yeah, it, you know, it, it, it also it, it's a great problem to have, you know, some might say a high class problem, but it is it's it's it, it kind of exposes, I think, some of the the other problems that need to be fixed within an organization. Now, I, I don't want to be dismissive of uh, of your talents here in any way, Brian. Uh, <laughs> clearly, uh, you know what you're doing. Um, uh, that said. Uh, there's, you know, no way we, we, we 12x lead flow within a few quarters without really what we're doing there is adding points of conversion, adding kind of lead capture, uh, probably to a brand that already obviously had some good attention and traction in market. Uh, you know, it seems as though you probably did a good job of getting it out in front of some new people, but you're in some ways, uh, I'm, I'm certain to get that kind of performance, you're kind of harnessing, if you will, the power that the brand had and, and just kind of maximizing the lead flow potential that it had. Does that, is it, first, before I ask my question, is that somewhat accurate at least? Oh, I, I definitely, I mean, Airgain's been around for 20 years, right? So there's a brand there and 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 even the uh, the companies that we've acquired had their brand names too as well. So there was no question that there was a demand. In, in the past, you know, you, you almost had to stumble across a, a lead form to be able to, you know, I've got PO or, or credit card in hand, please, will you talk to me, right? We just, you know, really created the, those, as you mentioned, those channels of conversion and conversion points and um, along the way, but we also reached out to specific audiences that we knew that were key targets of ours with a, with a simple repeatable message and, you know, kind of all of your basic uh, marketing blocking tackling, you know, all the basics and put it out there. And once you put that system in place, yes, as I think, as you mentioned, Carmen, just being able to tap into, uh, you know, this, this pent up demand that's existed in the marketplace. You know, I think it's just an important, um, you know, if, if some marketers, especially as they're maybe starting a, a role with a with a company and kind of build, growing their marketing function, maybe it's an organization that hasn't had a strong marketing focus historically. You know, depending on the dynamics of that market, this can be a situation, and and the brand, it can be a situation that you find yourself in where you're you're working for this organization that kind of has this 
you know, pent up. <laughs> you know, you can turn on the conversion tap of the lead tap a little bit, uh, just with some of that blocking and tackling, as you say. And it, I just think it was important to kind of highlight that to marketers to recognize, you know, to try to be wise to the fact when you're in that kind of a situation. Um, uh, and then, of course, uh, as you start to harvest the success of that, then now we're into the whole now what? Um, yeah. Because as you 12x leads, the type of lead that you're converting, the type of lead that that sales organization is working is quite a bit different, isn't it? There's no question. You know, as I'd mentioned, you almost had to stumble across a contact form to really submit a lead in the past. Um, and, and so the, the, the type of lead that, that the sales team is used to receiving is, is very far down in the funnel. Now, as you're doing outbound, as you're, you're you're going out in the marketplace and you're finding leads, they're going to be a little bit higher in the funnel. They need some nurturing until they get to that point uh, that they're ready to move forward. So uh, there there is that uh, challenge, I guess, with the sales team because they, you know, as, as the leads start to come in, it's like, you know, I, I talked to one or two of them and, well, these are bad leads. Well, no, 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 no. They're just a little bit lower in the funnel. They need some nurturing and, and they need some work on them, too, as well. But, but getting them into a database, getting to a point where they're nurtured, getting them to a point where they're delivered to the sales team, um, you know, th that whole process, you know, putting that in place, that, that takes some doing. But, you know, we're in the process, again, back to the rickety bridge thing. Um, we had a qualification mechanism before. Uh, it was, you know, woefully understaffed for the volume that we're talking about now. So that's a problem we're trying to solve, right? Uh, how do we go through that qualification? Uh, it, it's almost like, you know, panning for gold. Where you you're, you're, you know there's gold in there, but you have to do a little bit of work. You got to swish it around, but then you you know pick out the gold nuggets and go. Okay, sales team, here's a gold nugget. Here's another one. Here's another one. Here's one that needs to be thrown back to be nurtured longer. But you know th that that's the process. So as you as you do that panning for gold, um, is your goal to send the same quality of gold eventually to the sales organization and just more of it? Or is there a little bit of the sales organization having to learn to work with different kinds of leads too? I don't know. Is the sales organization having to, you know, get better at educating leads? Or I guess I'm curious if there's a give get there. Yeah, I think the answer is is definitely both. Um, uh, you know, there's a there's there's a certain type of lead that sales team is accustomed to, to getting in the past. Um, and, and so you want to get it to that point where you're able to deliver hot, ready lead, you know, that they can work on. But at the same time, you know, the sales team, uh, especially in a new world and new environment has to adjust how they, 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 uh, uh, you know, how they, they mine or, or nurture these leads on their own. Um, you, you know, there, there's just so much more opportunity that that's out there that's available that's in front of them. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's kind of a balanced effort uh, that it takes. But I would also back up a little bit, and maybe this changes the conversation a little bit. So Airgain, we, we've been around for 20 years, since 2003, actually, in our current form. But we've made a couple of acquisitions throughout that time, you know, really within the last five years that we've made two acquisitions. And it's added a whole lines of product to to air gain that we haven't had before and that's also been a challenge as an organization is how do we tell one story instead of three stories and and so you know it, it's taken us a time to get to where we are today and and it, it took me you know the better part of the last year 
to really figure out that core message, that that connecting thread that goes through all of our different product lines that, that can tie everything together with one story. And that that connecting thread is that we simplify wireless. It, it took a while to get there. You know, it's it's funny. There's a um, uh, you know, and, and I'll paraphrase this and I'll probably butcher it, but there's a story about Mark Twain. You know where he said, "Hey, if you want, if you want me to speak for two hours, I can do that right now. If you want me to speak for fifteen minutes, you're going to have to give me a couple of weeks to prepare, uh, because brevity takes time. It's a challenge, right, to to get to that simple, repeatable message. But once you do, it can be extremely effective. And and it's taken us a, a, a while to get to that, to where we can generate leads as well through this these simple, repeatable messages that we have. Did you find when you arrived and, and where you were standing up this new marketing function within Airgain or kind of growing it or, you know, uh, certainly making it more sophisticated, was there pressure from the executive to make that messaging hum first? Or was there more pressure to kind of bring us in leads or help us convert and and and, and find more leads first. Like it, it's a bit yeah. of a chicken and egg kind of question because you don't really want to necessarily as a marketer go to market without a good unified message that helps you tell the whole story. But maybe there's additional pressures that are, are more kind of here and now that that uh, people are looking to have you focus on before you get started on that. Yeah, I think that's a great question. You know, we're so my background or my specialties are strategy and digital. Those are kind of the two areas of specialty I've always had. And my, from my agency days, it's always been interesting. Um, you know, I started my first agency early 2000s up in the Northwest, up in Boise, Idaho, and we were the first social media agency uh, up in the Northwest. And, you know, it had started as a word of mouth marketing agency. And then, um, you know, we, it was right at the birth of social media. And so we adopted those tools and, and we're doing a lot of classes and training and things like that on it. But, but throughout all of my agency days, what I found is very interesting is people don't want to buy strategy. They want to buy a website or they want to buy a brochure. Or they want to buy leads or they want to, they want the end result. And, and you usually have to kind of back them up into, okay, if you want a website, what are you going to say on it? If you want, you know, a brochure, what are you going to say on it? And so it's backing it up. I'd say the same is true. You know, my my uh, executive team at Airgain has been very supportive throughout everything, but <clears throat> definitely coming in, they're like, we, we need to increase our leads. And, and, and it's the result that they focus on. And so I say, OK, if you want to increase your leads, trust me, I can drive more leads than you can possibly handle. However, we need to back up a little bit. We need to fix a few of these rickety bridge issues. And in addition to that, we need to get our messaging together. But but we, we did kind of get started early and, and start generating some leads, at least at the product line level, uh, with, with what we knew were key differentiators in the market. Um, so we didn't wait uh, to get started. We did start generating leads early on. Uh, but we've, we've definitely seen improvements uh, once we're able to kind of nail down our messaging. And is it fair to say that those early lead uh, improvements were more focused on the products or areas of the business that you thought weren't going to change a lot with the enhanced messaging anyway? Like they were already kind of like the, the, the tiger by the tail, successful product. So let's drive more lead flow there. Yeah, no, we've had, um, uh, we had, um, you know, some, some well-known product lines out in the marketplace um, and we were able to get, uh, you know, some good results out of those product lines, some differentiated product lines. And so with that, we were able to go to a, a specific target audience. 
with a product line, whether it's an embedded modem or we've got a rooftop vehicle networking device uh, for first responders. We have kind of some of those key products that have key differentiators. And we're able to go, I know that this market cares about this so I can start with that simple message and, and start generating leads immediately. Uh, at the same time, you know, really, uh, it, it, I, I kind of put it into three buckets. I have the, uh, what we'll call one-to-many campaigns, uh, where it's really kind of throwing out the fishing net, trying to catch whatever interest is out there, right? Uh, one-to-few campaigns, which are going after specific vertical markets, uh, and then one-to-one -one campaigns, which is, is what we call today uh, account-based marketing, ABM, uh, or ABX or whatever new term that you want to come up with, right? But you're going after a very specific account with a specific message. And so I think for the one-to-many campaigns, uh, a lot of times you can start there uh, with key product lines. I know that this audience cares about this. I know that this is what they want uh, and I can target that. But in order to get into the one-to-few and one-to-one campaigns, I think you really have to nail down that messaging. And, and so it's almost an evolution, right? Um, you can start with the basics, but then you have to kind of evolve uh, to go after um, those more targeted campaigns. What kind of structures have you put in place once you started to drive this volume of leads? Like what, uh, you know, where you, you mentioned already how, you know, some of the sales team weren't necessarily understanding what to do with the with some of these higher in the funnel leads um so what, what kinds of things have you done in in order to ensure that the salespeople are are chomping at the bit to get the leads that they're ready for and that yeah. these ones that need to be nurtured are, are being served appropriately and you know how how have you kind of done that at scale in order to address kind of this volume of leads you you were beginning yeah. to drive that's a great, great question. We, you know, some of it's been trial and error. Uh, we, we've had uh, marketing automation tools in place. Um, so a lot of, uh, uh, you know, we, we rely on uh, HubSpot's our tool that we use. We rely on that for lead scoring, for lead capture, for nurturing emails, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, we had to start putting some additional pieces in place. So we, we tried a combination of uh, uh, technology tools and, and people. Um, you know, we started with, we, we had one, uh, call it an inside salesperson to do lead qualification. And they were really kind of part-time because they were also helping out with trade shows and, you know, helping out with some sales too, as well. And so it was really kind of a part-time person. And so we implemented some, some AI follow-up technology to try and fill up their calendar rather than having them chase down the leads for qualification. We said, you know what, if we can implement this AI tool that can, uh, you know, really fill up his calendar with appointments and he can just be talking and qualifying people all day. Um, we, we, we had some, some, a little bit of success with that. Not, not what we would have liked to have had. Part of it was because his, his calendar was so, uh, so small because he was working on so many other things. So availability on his calendar was, was pretty, uh, pretty lacking. Um, and then on top of that, there were a lot of people that didn't show up to those appointments, even though they booked them. And so that was kind of a trial and error thing. Okay, so maybe we use this tool when they're a little bit further down in the funnel. Um, and then, uh, you know, what's working now is we've actually hired a couple of just uh, people that that's all they're doing now is focusing on lead qualification. And so, um, you know, we have our HubSpot system that will uh, lead comes in the door. So to us, we define a lead as a, as a contact capture. Uh, once there's enough activity there that it reaches a certain score level within HubSpot, we classify it as an MQL. 
Once it's an MQL, it goes to these people for qualification. Once they're able to identify an opportunity, a budget, um, you know, titles, all to get all of that information, it becomes an SQL and it gets passed off to the sales team. In the past, we've had a separate CRM entirely and we built our own webhook that would push those leads into that CRM. Uh, that's that was broken. Come to find out, uh, you know, there, over the last I think two years, we found about a thousand leads that were never transferred into that that uh, CRM system. So we're going through the process of potentially gathering everything together in HubSpot. So we've got our CRM, our marketing automation, our service, all of that together in one. I think there's a lot to be said for for uh, you know having that 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 360 view of the customer um, with one system. So like I said, I think it's a combination of tools. Uh, processes and people. That's, you know, um, th that's what I would say. I would also say too, as well, having been involved in technology as long, long as I have, technology does not solve your problems. Uh, it can also exacerbate your problems too, as well. So you have to have the right processes in place, and then you implement the technology to, to execute those processes. Man, I really hope people are listening to you, Brian. <laughs> but I, I i hope they hear like you know this guy's been around a bit he's not not his first uh kick at the cat as it were and and you know being very open and and transparent about the fact that look we tried this it didn't work that well we tried to you know we tried we were depending on technology too much over here you know as it just turns out it didn't work for us in our application and, you know for so many people they think oh well yeah no i i went and bought technology x y or z and now we're good yeah uh, that'll solve that problem and it's like no 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 you just started the you just started the problem solve and you created a few others along the way um it's, it's really i think important lesson for people to hear there yeah yeah technology can create a whole new set of problems for you so that that's the that's the challenge right now the problems we're solving of course but yeah the, the, it totally is but i i think there's something interesting there too about the idea of you know, you've implemented HubSpot now and it's kind of given you a bit more of a 360 degree view and, and people who've heard the show before know that we love HubSpot. So we're not going to not just going to say that everything's better because of HubSpot. But, you know, when you're talking about sometimes the creation of of these interconnected tools, you can end up you know, misplacing a thousand leads, <laughs> you yeah. know, because nobody really knows what's going on because you haven't necessarily had all of the things you need in order to get the notifications and trigger the next steps and do all of that. And then it's been running for two quarters and somebody's like, hey, does anybody know what that's doing? And then you go and look and realize you've got a thousand people that uh, didn't hear back from you. Yeah. And, you know, and, and having well, first of all, I would say uh, having everything together, uh, simplify your technology stack as much as you can. Um, you know, try and avoid the the fifty different you know systems that are out there. Um, but but on top of that, uh, have your processes in place uh, so that you you know it, it's just like the 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 system of government we set up in seventeen seventy six. Have your checks and balances in place, right? So have your people double check and and making sure that leads are getting through the right way. You know, check your technology. I think that that's another uh, aspect to it as well. And having that built into your process, um, I, I think what you know. So the separate CRM system we were using was Zoho, which is it's a good system, um, but it's the the connector between the two where you know we we were finding some hiccups. So we decided that we're shifting from Zoho to HubSpot's Sales Hub, uh, so that again it can all be on one system and 
um, uh, you know, I won't get any uh, endorsement dollars from them, but you know, there you go. That's the, that's the move we're making. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, I've seen it so many times, especially as these tools began to promise the ease of integration between them. And of course we all know the market driver behind that and why they want to communicate that. But, you know, and, and how many times have you seen like, Oh yeah, no, here was a, it's a junior marketer connected these together and it's working great. And, yeah. and it's like, no, you know, nobody was willing to spend the money to actually have proper QA done on that technology integration. Nobody, you know, and I'm not saying that that was the case in your instance, but it's more just to, I think it's just um, kind of word to the wise for, for marketers listening. It's like, yeah, you can integrate tools. Um, yes, it's possible. Yes, it can drive a lot of value. Uh, and and yes, you ought to give it the, if it's going to deliver that much value, it probably deliver, it probably deserves that much of your attention and care. Yeah. And, and I would also say too, as well, I've, um, uh, you know, one of my, sayings I say a lot these days too, is that marketing and data are synonymous. Uh, and that's really what it's come down to today is data gives us the ability to make great marketing decisions, but you can't make those great marketing decisions unless you have the right data. And you see the rise in positions like such as marketing oper operations or MarTech people or whatever, they're becoming more and more important to an organization to make sure that your technology works and it works well together. And, and, and trust me, I've got I've got a lot of bumped knees and, and bruises and skinned elbows along the way. You know, I've I've worked at organizations large and small. We've implemented customer data platforms to, uh, before, where we've tried to pull all of this data in together, um, especially in a manufacturing environment. You know, I've tried. I, I've never been a believer of of software stacks uh, like Adobe or Oracle or whatever uh, Salesforce because they usually do like a couple of things well and the other things not well. And, and um, but I would say, you know, whatever you choose to solve the problem is uh, make it as simple as possible. Simplify your tech stack as much as you can. And there's less opportunity for errors, but it starts with process, process first, then figure out how to apply technology to that process. Um, Brian, I'm going to, Tug the conversation a bit in a different direction as we close here. I'm curious because you, uh, you spent some time uh, teaching marketing, uh, developing curriculum. What is the um, one thing that Gen X managers are missing when it comes to extracting the best performance out of young marketing talent? <laughs> uh, oh, that's a great question. Um... You know, it's interesting. I, I would say, you know, I shared with you three of my passions before, but I, I didn't talk about the fourth one. And, and my fourth passion is people development. Um, I'm a big believer in that. In fact, I'm a, I'm a certified facilitator for Franklin Covey and Seven Habits and Leading at the Speed of Trust and all of those things. Um, I, I would say I, I would recommend uh, a, a book to you uh, called Drive, The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us. Uh, it's written by Dan Pink. Um, great book, but in that book, he he does you know brings all the research together to figure out where true human motivation comes from. And uh, once you, what he finds is that you know the, the old carrot and stick models we used to use just don't work, and especially with Gen Y and Gen Z or millennials and Gen Z, it's just not 
an effective tool anymore. And all you have to do is, you know, get on social media and BuzzFeed and see all the lists of people with their terrible bosses and the stories that they have and all that kind of stuff. What he found was that once you take money off the table where you're paying people a decent, decent wage, so that's not an issue. There are three things that motivate us. Number one is autonomy, uh, the, the ability to be self-directed or self-driven. It's amazing how much that is motivating to uh, a Gen Z or a millennial just to give them the ability to go, look, this is your domain. This is your business. How are we going to do? I work for you in this situation. I'll give you my best ideas, but you get to make the decision here and drive this forward. So that's number one is autonomy. Number two is mastery, or in other words, the the, the desire to be the best in the world at something, right? Whatever that is, whatever your, your passion is, it could be outside of the workplace and that's fine. I try and help cultivate and help nurture whatever passion they have and whatever they want to be, uh, uh, they want to have mastery on. But the third thing I think is most relevant to, um, to both Gen Z and, and millennials, which is purpose. So autonomy, mastery, and purpose. The third one being, we all want to be a part of something great. We, we all want to contribute. You know, Steve Jobs used to say, I want to put a ding in the universe. Um, you know, there was, um, uh, I used to work for uh, a, a big uh, publishing company. Um, and I, I would say to my team all the time, look, we're not, we're not curing cancer here. We're just selling ads. And I think at the heart of hearts, we all want to cure cancer. We all want to do something meaningful. So how do you turn what you're working on and what you're doing into something meaningful? Finding the purpose in that, giving people the autonomy. You know, Stephen Covey always used to say, you can't hold people accountable for results if you dictate the methods. You know, people will surprise you with how creative they are and how, um, you know, how great they are at solving problems if you give them the space and the air to be able to do that. I would say, in my opinion, in my years, and I've, again, I've bumped my, my knees and I've got a lot of scraped elbows on this too as well. I've made my fair share of mistakes. Uh, but in working with teams, and I've got a great team that works for me at Airgain, you know, they're, they're all rock stars across the board. Um, but, but what's great about them is they work extremely well together, very dedicated, pitch in, help each other out. We've got, you know, your, your, your old geezers all the way down to your, your young bucks, and, and they all work extremely well together because we've built kind of that team culture uh, around those three things, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. So that would be my take on it. Right. Well, thank you for that. And I really appreciate uh, the discussion today. It's been wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you for the invite, guys. It's been great. Yeah, wonderful to chat with you, Brian. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.